0: In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You may notice a slight uh, difference today. Apparently the uh, pulpit light is not working, uh, which means we're not lowering um, the lights out there. And uh, that's probably good rainy day and so basically all that means for you is today I can see you um, so no napping. Um, I'll know. Uh, we have uh, I start today by just talking about we've fallen into a bad habit um, and I mean the reality is we've fallen into more than a few but there's only so much time this morning and so we'll I'll just focus on one particular one as we begin and the bad that we have fallen into and it's most if not all of us is at Easter uh, greeting one another with the words happy Easter um, and you know no malintent I'm sure in all of that but the issue with that is one it seeks to whether intentionally or inadvertently seeks to reduce the magnitude of was accomplished once and for all uh, by Jesus on Easter day. It, it reduces the magnitude of the message of the gospel as we greet one another with those words, happy Easter, but also it's completely inaccurate to what we hear in the gospel this morning and, and what we read in each of the gospels as we hear of the resurrection of Jesus and the response of his friends and of his followers. Lots of different words are used throughout the different gospels, but we hear, that they were frightened. Uh, We hear that they were startled. They were perplexed they were questioning um, they were disbelieving all some of the words which are used in describing the reaction of Jesus's followers their world had been absolutely rocked their status quo wonderfully upset uh, once and for all and for them as for you and for me when when that happens um, you're left feeling perpec- perplexed you're left questioning you're left trying to make sense of the magnitude of that which had happened and i love the description in Luke's, which we read from just a moment ago, we hear that as Jesus appears to them to assure them the fact that all the promises not only were true, um, but are fulfilled, we hear that they disbelieve for joy. Uh, and I think probably what that means is it seemed too good to be true. Um, they wanted to believe it, uh, but, but human nature, human guardedness, human cynicism says, you know, we, we'd like to believe, but, uh, but I don't want to go out on a limb, um, Because what if it's not true? And if you've uh, read, likely you have, maybe you haven't. Uh, there, there won't be a, a test uh, portion of today's sermon. But the ends of all of the different gospels, and that we hear uh, throughout all of them, at the end of Mark's gospel, we hear um, that Mary Magdalene uh, goes to the tomb uh, of Jesus. And we, Mary, and Mary the mother of James, and Salome, and they go uh, bringing spices. And the angels appear to them and say, He is not here, He is risen. Go. Tell the disciples and Peter also, they're told, and we hear um, that they run away with fear and trembling and they tell no one initially. Uh, In Matthew's gospel, we hear that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary uh, are told not to fear. Uh, They're told to tell the disciples, and we hear um, that they departed quickly from the tomb with fear in great joy and ran to tell his disciples, but um, the guards uh, that were guarding the tomb uh, go and they meet with the chief priests and the elders, and the chief priests and elders uh, pay the guards a bribe to say, this is what you're going to tell everyone, Um, that Jesus' disciples came when you all fell asleep, uh, and they stole the body, um, and they took it away. Uh, In John's, uh, you perhaps remember Mary Magdalene at the tomb, uh, weeping and receiving those words from the angels, uh, he is not here, Uh, he is risen. (laughs) And she turns away and seeing Jesus, whom she thinks to be the gardener, uh, he says, why are you weeping? Uh, And Jesus um, shares with her those words also. And yet we find the disciples are gathered together uh, behind locked doors um, for fear as Jesus appears to them risen. Uh, A long way uh, to go about saying that the words Happy Easter are tremendously inaccurate, Accurate to the original uh, response of Jesus' followers. But we see as well um, the reality and the dawning of the truth of this uh, began to be visited upon them again and again as Jesus for 40 days um, appears to his followers that they might be shaped and fashioned uh, in the reality of the gospel, that they might be assured, that they might be equipped and prepared um, before they are sent forth. Liturgically speaking, which we do a lot of liturgical speaking, right? Um, But liturgically speaking... This is what we call in the Christian tradition, the great 50 days uh, of Easter, the days between the resurrection uh, and the day of Pentecost. And we hear that for 40 days, Jesus uh, appeared to his followers uh, again and again, assuring them of the fact that he was uh, indeed risen, uh, that the scriptures were fulfilled once and for all in him, um, that the power uh, of the forgiveness of God, the power uh, of life now and life everlasting had gone forth undeniably. And for 10 days, there was that period uh, prior to his appearances to them and the day of Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God and the power of God upon them um, that they might go forth as uh, his witnesses. And we see that during that time, uh, they began to be changed. Uh, They began um, to be shaped. The reality of it began to dawn in their lives. And we see that in the Acts of the Apostles, uh, which we read from just a moment ago, as they proclaimed the gospel as uh, this man uh, is healed and the people are amazed. And Peter, for, Peter wonderfully says, why are you staring at us as if we did this? Um, it had nothing to do with us, but it had everything to do um, with the power of God. It had everything to do with the resurrection of Jesus. It had everything to do with the fact that things are entire, entirely and finally different once and for all. There is a light and there is a power that's gone forth in the world uh, to everlasting life, but also to restoration. Restoration into life now. One of the events which we just recently celebrated in our family. Um, Maisie, our middle, uh, just completed her gold award, which is for the Girl Scouts. Uh, what the Eagle Scout award is for Boy Scouts, and I, I know you're clapping in your hearts right now. It was a, it was a great accomplishment um, for Maisie, and I was thrilled for her. But I feel it's important to be honest. Um, I was really also thrilled for myself um, because Paula, for about two years now, has been on Maisie and I to complete this gold award, and I I realized as the clock was ticking uh, and the time was running out, that if Maisie and I did not complete this gold award that... um, you know, 40 years from now, Paul and I are going to be in St. Martin's, and she's going to say, remember the Gold Award? Um, so I thought, you know what, this really needs to be uh, accomplished, and so, hallelujah, um, we, we, we brought it home, the project wasn't so bad, it was the paperwork, um, shocker, uh, right, uh, you send off paperwork to this nebulous committee, um, and then, you know, it's sent back to you, and further questions have to be addressed, and, and bureaucracy's great. Uh, but anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about um, this morning, but it was the celebration um, for the Gold Award. We were thrilled, uh, and we found out the venue of this year's Gold Award, which was work play. And we... Uh, for those of you who don't know, four months ago uh, Paula was in a horrific car accident um, coming out of Workplay, and we thought, "Are you kidding me?" Um, the Girl Scout Gold Award is at Workplay, and you know, despite the despite the sort of uh, playing with that, well, it's not really a bar; um, it's actually a venue. Um, so the Gold Award was going to be at Workplay, and so Paul and I talked about this. Obviously, we're like, "Gosh, should we do a should we do a trial run? Should we go by?" Not not surprisingly, we haven't spent a lot of time there um, since that event. It's a place we basically avoided. And we thought, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me um, that it's at uh, wordplay. And we decided, no, we're not going to do a, a trial run. But but here's why I, I share it with you there are a number uh, of verses from Scripture that we have held on to um, during this time. And, you know, they're, they're verses which don't simply speak to this time, but, but they have power. And truth from God for for any of us at any time, but they've had particular meaning for us um, right now. And uh, among the verses that we've held on to, uh, one is 2 Corinthians 4. uh, And I'm not sure if you're familiar, it's a a fantastic passage from Scripture in which Paul uh, is speaking of the light of God And the power of God that's come forth into the world, the the amazing message of the gospel and the way that that's changed um, our hearts and our lives, the power that it has um, for those who receive that news. And uh, Paul talks about how we do not lose heart. And he begins by saying we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power is from God uh, and not from us. And he goes on to say we're we're pressed but not crushed, Uh, persecuted but not abandoned, we're struck down but we're not destroyed. Uh, We carry around in our bodies the life, the death of Jesus, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in us. And one of the things that we have experienced throughout all of this time, one of the things that we held on to as we prepared to return um, to this place uh, is the reality of what I want to share with you this morning, the reality of the resurrection, that yes, um, uh, death uh, and brokenness and and all of these things have very definite um, power in this world and in our lives, but all of those pale by comparison to the power of the resurrection. What is made known to us in Jesus is that all those things are very real. There are challenges and there are hurts and there are um, repercussions and things of that in our lives, but none of that can begin to compare um, to the power of Jesus who defeated the very powers of sin and death and has enabled you and me to be people who can say, you know what? We're, we're pressed, but we're not crushed. Uh, we're persecuted, but but we're not abandoned and left alone. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. And why? Not because of our power, but because of the power of God, which is made alive and present to you and to me in the resurrection. And the other verse which we held on to as well are the wonderful words uh, from Genesis 50. And perhaps you remember the story of Joseph and his brothers. Uh, And Joseph uh, and his brothers, um, he was an annoying little brother. um, And they uh, they sell Joseph uh, into slavery and they uh, leave him for dead and then a famine falls on the land and they travel to Egypt because they're starving and they are uh, sort of hanging on by a and they don 't recognize Joseph, um, but he recognizes them, uh, and when he reveals himself to them, of course they 're terrified they think you know what this is this is it um, and and we have we have no excuse. Uh, He's going to have his revenge on us. He's going to um, kill us. And and it's really kind of hard um, for us to argue um, after what we did to him. But then Joseph speaks those amazing words to them, which, which are words that came from God and not from Joseph. Uh, Joseph says, you know what? It's actually a good thing um, that all of this happened. Uh, God has sent me here um, before you. And then he says these words, that which you intended for evil, God has used for good. That which you intended for evil, God has used for good. That's the message of the resurrection to you uh, and to me. That which the world intended for evil. Peter, when he preaches, he says, you you killed um, the author of life. But the amazing thing we see with the resurrection of Jesus is that was not the final word. Three days later, he is risen. He appears to his disciples uh, that the love and the grace and the forgiveness of God might go forth to them, that they might be messengers of the power of the resurrection, that they might be messengers of the power of the love and the grace of God and the purposes of God that triumph over the powers of death, that triumph over the powers of evil, that triumph over everything which seeks to separate us from God and from one another. It's what enables these very, very flawed and infallible people to go forth uh, with power and with authority that comes not from them, but that comes from God, to go forth with the confidence that doesn't come from themselves, but that comes from God. And so I pray that you will hear the reality of this in your life, Uh, whatever the losses are which you experience in your life. And we all experience so very many. Whether it be the loss of a loved one, whether it be the loss of life, whether it be the loss of a relationship or a job or or how we perceived um, ourselves or hopes that we had held on to, whatever it might be, all the various sort of deaths and losses that we experience in this life, know the truth um, that those can't compare to the and to the glory of God that's been made known to us in Jesus, crucified and risen. Uh, I pray that you will hear the words um, this morning, the words which Peter shared as he preached. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out. The times of refreshing may come uh, from the presence of the Lord. I pray we hear that, uh, know the truth of that, and give thanks for that. In the name of our God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.